If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Money! It's a crime. Money! But down out and in it. Money! I bet Sal know who that is. Do I? Uh, I don't know who it is, but I know the song. That's a classic rock song. Warrant? <laughs> huh? No, you idiot. That was it, Warrant? Pink Floyd, man. Uh, Pink Floyd. I knew that. Uh, Wait, he's a Warren. The ching ching. I did think. Yeah, it was, that's Pink Floyd, bro. Ching. What Warrant song was I thinking of? That's like that. Uh, Nothing. No. <laughs> I thought you were just being cute. No, I wasn't being cute. Oh man. Scorpions. Scorpion. Here I am. Rock, Rock you like a hurricane. Um. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, so Q and A time. 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 Pause there, pal. Yeah. Yep. Don't. We're back at it again, dude. Why do I? Why do I feel like you put a bunch up there, man? It's like there's a lot of questions. Words. We got tons of great questions every week. Yeah. Well, I I feel like we're gonna hammer these out tonight. Before we get started, um, you know, Justin is is feels like Sal takes all the questions. He gets he gets the, <laughs> well, the hog. Actually, actually, he said you do too. We were bro. fighting about this earlier. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, J- Justin said it, and then I actually seconded it. I'm like, you know what? You're right, dude. Fucking yeah. Sal never... Any, fucking anyone that's addressed to right Justin over. or Adam, we never yeah. answer. But if it's addressed to Sal, we definitely he answer. He who knows all the answers... Ask. Yeah. Well, you know, it started. It's the questions. Yeah, yeah. he started. <laughs> he started out. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. This one's addressed to sell. Oh, yeah, we're doing that one. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. a dick. Like, so immediately. So today we sound like a dick. Today yeah. we're gonna avoid all questions addressed to Sal, yeah. and we're gonna start with Justin. What's your if favorite? If the condom fits. Well, no, no, no. This is the. So here's the one. So Justin got angry because he's like, we never answer questions that are directed towards me, and we're like, that's because they're Star Wars questions. Because <laughs> nobody fucking <laughs> and then, asks you anything. And then, and then, and then Justin's like, no, no, no it's okay, it's fine, guys. It's all, it's all right. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I'm fine. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm I'll cool. be passive aggressive cool. about this. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're yeah, gonna go ahead. That. We're gonna go ahead and ask Justin a so, question. So today's Doug. entire episode is Q and A about Star Wars. It's Star Wars <laughs> media. Well, this is one of these questions that was asked Sweet. a long time ago. We'll get into Wikipedia yeah. on Instagram, and we ignored it. Mm. Yeah, we it's did, uh, what is Justin's favorite Star Wars character? Oh, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> it is. How's that loaded? Because <laughs> there's so many options. He's like, this. We could get it's really like, philosophical. Exactly. Here. Like each one like, has a, the fucking question. Each <laughs> one has a, a, a specific <laughs> moment of you yeah. know in my lifetime that I was like, wow. At one point, I felt like I was Luke Skywalker <laughs> because I was young and I was impressionable and like. You know, I saw the world through this. Oh my God, he's through so this, happy. These eyes that you know had hope and um, <laughs> you know didn't, didn't know how the world worked, right? And like didn't see the empire for what it really was. Oh my and, God, um, he's going to you it. know, but, he's like, going but to then it. I, but then I really started identifying myself, you know, with more of, of uh, you know, like a like a like a gunslinger, you know, I was like more like a Han Solo kind of guy, right? I was. You know, a little bit of the uh, anti-hero sort of, you know, character that, um, you know, that's my guy. Then you settle it, on Ewok? Yeah, well, yeah. And <laughs> that was the, my favorite character. Then the little Ewok. <laughs> you guys, that, that, that's what separates real fans from... Actually, <laughs> Ewoks are probably the least the Idiots. least favorite of all the... Right? Isn't that the ones that the most hated yes. Star Wars characters? Well, because the they were supposed to be uh, like like Wookiees. 
Like, they, <laughs> they were, were supposed little, to be Wookiees, but, but he had this bears. great idea to make him little teddy bears that were cute. Like, because I think Teddy Ruxpin was popular at the time, right? Merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> is that really? I'm wicked. Is, is that really how it went Stupid. down? Yeah. You don't remember Teddy Ruxpin? That's exactly how no, it went I'm down. very familiar with that. Somebody and, might be able to verify that. Yeah, you know, one of my fellow nerds. Uh, so I'm not, not see. I'm glad we answered asked this because now I'm interested because I do remember that era. I do remember Teddy Ruxpin. He screwed I, up. Yeah, his, his, the best movies. I mean, the first one was amazing, but I mean, the, really, The Empire Strikes Back was so good because he brought in somebody else to help him write it. And this, this is why I'm actually excited about the new Star Wars film is because. Um, the same guy that came in to kind of help um, write this new series, he he's there with J.J. Abrams, and they're together creating this whole new genre for us to Wow, experience. it's going to be like so the mind pump of uh, Star Wars. Hold on a second. Oh, I got a great idea. Fucking, I just got a great I idea. I got a hard on thinking about it. This is what we're going to do. I got a great idea. We're definitely going. For we're it. going for the opening, and we're all dressing up as characters. It's It's been said. It has to be done. It's which, going to be done which now. Which one are you going to be? Me, I'm obviously Darth Vader. Obviously, <laughs> okay. No way, dude. Adam's, Adam's got the frame for Darth Vader. No, no, Adam don't got the frame. Adam's about, a Wookie, bro. He's freaking chewy. He's gonna be chewy. Know. I think you're like Lando Calrissian. La- I'll be Lando. Yeah, right. Yeah, He's I'll a badass. Be La- I'll be Lando. Who are you gonna be? Yeah, yeah. Who are you gonna be? Han Solo. You're Han Solo. <laughs> motherfucker, Han Solo. What's Doug gonna be? All day. Are we gonna have an Ewok? He'll be CP3PO. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yeah. that's, that's R2D2. Yeah, that's R2D2. 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 Get your characters right, guys. Oh, shit. You caught us. Oh, Master Luke. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Yoda. Luke. Why Master. is he going to be Yoda? <laughs> Yoda, dude. He could be Yoda, yeah. actually. That, this yeah. would be a great This would be a great time. All right. Uh, are, we, are we ready for the next, next that, Star Wars question? Give well, us a, I want to give you a serious question now. A very serious one. This give is us a um, professional one. This Why is, wasn't yeah. that one serious? Well, that's pretty serious. I felt it was serious. Yeah. The next one is from Curdy D twenty eleven, and this one is uh, whether or not you should masturbate before or after a workout. <laughs> Another very what serious. A, what a silly question, though. Everybody knows after. <laughs> Everybody does knows that. Save the testosterone um, for your workout, man. Yeah. Come on now. Save the testosterone for your workout. Oh, I you actually. Don't, you don't empty the chamber before well, you do a, a couple deadlifts. Eh? <laughs> no. I actually. I, I actually, won't want to work out anymore, but I just want to sit here. No, it, happens, it happens during for Sal. Okay. Well, uh, let's let. <laughs> depends on how heavy I go. Let's actually get a little bit deeper in this question because even though it's kind of funny and silly, I used to know buddies that football buddies that used to before like like game week, right? So they, they wouldn't whack off. They wouldn't week. masturbate yeah. the whole week I, or have sex. I, or I anything. tried that. Yeah. So what, what what's the theory behind that? And Just is is there any science behind? Is there any science behind that? So yes, actually, uh, with withholding um, from spilling your seed. God, that sounds gross. Why did I say it like that? It's so <laughs> I gross. Think you just say it like That's that. Gross. So withholding will temporarily elevate testosterone levels, but it's short-lived. So if you like don't have sex for a long time, then you actually drop testosterone levels. But if you don't do it for like a week or two weeks, I think it is, something like that, you'll see spikes in testosterone. So it does help. It does help. (coughs) You just might pop a boner during your freaking event, you know, not a good thing. If your testosterone is flying that that well, you're lucky. You know, if you're a grown-ass man, you're still popping boners while you're working out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That'd be impressive. I'm not going to be mad at it. All right. So I think we answered that one. Next up from Fit Chris 86 When did you guys decide to leave the big gyms and become independent? Oh. Big box gym. This is a Global good gym. Well, I can't. What year was it? I fired Justin. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you fired. <laughs> can, I, can I go first? Because I, I got a good story. I got two stories. 
But uh-huh. I'll start with the first one, then you guys can do your thing, and then I'll tell the second. All right. So I started. So you can come back over the top of this. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Go tell your story. I like to sandwich your stories over the top. with my stories. So I started, at, I was 18 years old. So I was just, just a kid, started in the company, right off the bat crushed it, did very, very well. At the age of 20, so for two years I was with the company, with a large corporate gym known as uh, 24 Fitness. Um, I left at the age of 20. So let me tell you guys what happened. I'm going to give all the details. This is the first time I've ever done this on air. Wow, so I this is going to take us all the way back. <laughs> yeah, no, no, let me tell you what happened. Into the future. So, so do you guys remember? Um, you, you guys were old. You guys have been there long enough to remember flipping. Do you remember what that was? Of course. Okay. So flipping for the listeners that are listening, um, we had memberships that we would sell that were prepaid, three year memberships for let's say nine hundred dollars. That was the average. Well, we had members that were paying $40 a month. Now, you do the math. $40 a month, over two years, you're going to spend as much as you would spend on a three-year membership that you could get if you prepaid, right? And then so, tell them what it would be after that. And then after that, you get a renewal of $149 or $99 a year, okay? It was a killer deal. So, killer deal. So, uh, initially... can you t- can, well, Before you go further, why don't you explain this, the science or what the reason why that they came up with that membership. The reason why they came up with the membership was because the average person doesn't use it would stop using yep. a gym and they would never cancel. Well, that's so, the genius so, behind any of these commercial gyms. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and, what they bank on. And they and then they would then the average person they would stop going after three months, continue paying for an additional seven. So basically gyms would get about ten free months. So then Mark Mastroff, being the genius that he is, comes up with this concept of let's do a prepaid membership where we get $900 since the average member never even lasts to $900. Let's get $900 and make it a smoking killer deal that seems so ridiculous you'd want to do it. Right. And that's and then the with a low renewal. Yeah. And, and which, you don't want to cancel it because you'll never get that deal ever yeah, again. No one will ever cancel a $99 renewal. And I guarantee you we have listeners right now who've got that. They still got it. That yeah. probably work out somewhere else yeah. or don't work out. So My family has it. So uh, they, it wasn't illegal at this point when they first came out with these, these types of membership it wasn't against company policy or legal to have someone who's already got a membership paying 40 bucks a month to flip and switch to this prepaid membership it was frowned upon but it wasn't it wasn't something that would get you in trouble when people started figuring this out then gyms would because what would happen is when you'd sell a flip you'd get commission and it would go towards your sales goal right so all these very competitive clubs and let's be honest guys that was competitive back then. I mean, oh. we were competing hard against other clubs within the company. People were trying for top sales. So then it became this like flip fest where people were doing this left and right. Well, what happens is the company loses money on that because we would end up flipping people who were members for two or three years who actually were coming and using the gym, paying 40 bucks a month, and we're turning them into these three-year memberships. So totally the company cannibalizing the business. It would cannibalize the business. Mm-hmm. But everybody was doing it. Literally, it was a thing. I mean, it took uh, 24 hours into several years before they figured it out, though. Right. <laughs> that it was cannibalizing. Right. And everybody was doing it. So, and I, you know, I was, I did it. Everybody did it. Wasn't, it wasn't something that I was uh, the only one doing it. Anyhow, um, at, uh, all of a sudden, it became this big deal. And they did kind of, they, they sick this, uh, like the internal security person to find out who's flipping. Now, when they did this, they fucked up because. I don't think they realized just how bad it was in the mm-hmm. company. I think they thought, oh, go find, you're going to find a few people, make make an example of them, and then it's not going to be a big deal. Well, this fucking, and, and there was a lady, I'm not going to name her name, but she's stupid. She, uh, he sicked her on everybody, and she went ape shit and found all kinds of people doing it and started firing people left and right. 
And so at the time, some of my very good friends were getting fired for doing something that everybody was doing. And I was so, it was so infuriating to me. And I was a young kid. I was real emotional. And, you know, I kind of had a fuck you attitude, which I kind of still have now. Um, and so when this was happening, I remember my very, very good friend who was my mentor at the time got demoted from a district manager position to general manager position uh, because of this, because this was happening in his district. And when I found out about this, I walked out. Mm. Now, I didn't quit. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my staff. I didn't tell anybody. I walked out of the gym. Peace out. Now, now this was, I was running one of the, I was running the flagship club of the company. I had a staff of, I don't know, 50 people. Well, when they found out that I had walked out, the whole gym walked out. Everybody walked out. And I didn't find out until I got a phone call from the president who yelled at me, get back in the gym. You're causing a problem. All these people walked out. And I had no idea. So I called people up and had a meeting with them and told them all to go back to work and to not involve themselves with this whole situation. But I left that time and I bought myself a gym down in Palm Desert with the gentleman who had, you know, at the point at that time been my mentor. So that was the first time that I left and uh, went off on my own. How about you guys? I know oh, it's a kind of long nice. story. Oh, we're not going to no, talk about how you, you came back and then left again. You're going to talk about that? I, I mean, well, I did. I, I ran a club down in Palm. We owned this gym. or We're partial owners of the club in Palm Desert. We ended up selling it. And uh, at that time, even though I had left in a blaze of fury, you know, I was a big producer. I was the producer at this at this time. I, this was probably before you guys even worked there, I think. Mm. Right, I don't think you were there at that. You were there. You remember this whole thing? Okay. Well, this was I was there since two thousand. You so you were you were there right when I came back. I think because then I then they brought me back to Hillsdale, and um, they wanted me because I was a big producer. So then I came back the second time around, and they gave me whatever club I wanted, and I picked the one that was closest to you know my home in San Jose. They had regrand opened it, so it was a big. It was going to be a big deal. So I went in there. They bumped the guy out of there because he couldn't produce. And and we crushed it. We killed it. We did a good job. And I stayed with the company for another maybe year or two. Grand opened another gym in San Jose. And then I saw the tide turn. I saw the direction that they were going. Um, They had given me this district manager who was just the least motivating, (laughs) worst salesperson you could ever meet in your entire life. Like mm. this was my district manager and I could run circles around him. And then he would get on me for the stupidest shit of all time. Like, I wonder if I knew who that is. You, of course you do. Yeah. It was, a, you know, I, I'm running a club. Here I am running a grand opening club, destroying it. Number one, many categories. And he would get on me and write me up for not highlighting the planner with the right colors. Yeah. yeah. Not bullshitting you. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Literally getting written up for that stupid shit. Yeah. And so when I saw the tide that when they were, they were, forcing this kind of like organization this kind of like we need to fall within these certain lines and then we're bringing in these people who've never run gyms before to run the company type of deal then i bounced and then i opened my personal training studio and i never looked back right well what about you guys that was uh so like sal i was there early early on so one thing you didn't mention that you were there for and i was there for also which was uh before hr existed Right. We were there before and I was there after. So 
I mean, if you've ever worked for... Oh, it was the Wild West before. Yeah, I mean, it, go, being a part of a company... Well, that your barbecue it, story says it all. <laughs> being, a, being a part of a company that is is growing that fast and that many people making money. So like Sal was saying, what was crazy? So he was on the the, the sales side, the membership side. I was on the fitness side. So I was the, Well, I started as a trainer and then I went over to, yeah. to the sales side. Yeah, I remember because yeah. you couldn't hack it as, much, as well as the trainer. So he went over to... <laughs> So, so I, I came in, I came in and, um, the HR didn't exist. And like Sal, uh, I was there when it, when it came on and when it came on, it was crazy. Like the, the story he told about flipping memberships. Well, that big, uh, key fit plus membership that was $900. What he didn't mention also included five personal training right, sessions. Right. And the five personal training sessions were about $250 of revenue there. Well, here's right. what's so crazy is most people cared so much just about the membership, they didn't even give a shit yeah. about the training. And so, then that's what we latched on to. Well, and and very, very, uh, very, very few people actually even utilized their training. So what was really popular, and it was totally not frowned upon uh, until later on when HR came around, was trainers used to, if their schedule wasn't filled up, they would just slot the hours in there, mm-hmm. and then they get would just- paid on those they, hours. They get paid on those hours. Those yep. people would never show up. Yeah, see, that's really gangster. I wasn't that bad. Well, it, yeah. and then, then it gets to a point <laughs> where people are that. like, uh, uh, I don't think we should do that because then what if the person comes back and asks for it? So then trainers got smart and they said, okay, they'll call the people down, you know, because they would keep bugging the people to come use their training. They'd be like, I don't want the training. Well, then can you come in and sign off all your sessions? Right. And then we, we would convince people to come in, sign off all their sessions, say they don't want them. And then the trainers would clock them in and pay themselves. Right. So this type of shit was going on like crazy. And it, everybody did it. It was just part of how the company was making so much money. Everybody was making hand over fist and selling all these memberships. It was the heydays. And it was like the Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. fitness wise. I mean, fitness Pretty style. Much. And so I was already a fitness manager. I was a manager already. I was 22 years old when this happened. Mm, old. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy, right? Twenty. I was 22 years old. I was managing the the um, Capital McKee location, and it, in comes the HR when it just it just started. And my club happened to be the first club they were going to audit. And it was that same lady, right? The internal oh, security yes. lady. Yeah, and she. Let me tell you. So to the from the rest of the rest of my career, twenty four fifty. Do you hate her as much as I do? Oh yeah, and she uh, hated me because I was the first club that audited. So of course, when they come to my club, it's a disaster. All this illegal shit is going on. And they would have to. And the only reason why I didn't get fired was because they were going to have to fire every one of my trainers. Because at one point, every single one of them had did something along those lines. And you could, if you're going to fire one for doing that, you got to fire all of them, regardless of who did it more or worse or whatever. So they couldn't. But then I got, I got known as this guy who just lets his staff run wild and this and that. And so I was kind of blackballed. Well, then I'm the first one to get audited. So, of course, me being a good dude, I call all my peers and be like, hey, HR is coming around. They're auditing all Clean the clubs. Your shit up. Clean your shit up. So everybody fucking burns their files. You know, <laughs> everybody burns their files, get rid of it. So then I just end up being the one guy who had the bad club. Right. So then I was I was blackballed because of that. Whatever. I still stayed with the company and still continue to crush and break break records there. And later on is where I met Justin. You know, I hired Justin when I was at Hillsdale. Uh, probably about five years. So you only left after you don't. You only left once. Yeah, I was gonna yep. say I don't remember doing any of that shit. Yeah, that was way, way before. That was before we had. Yeah, Justin came in when we all started getting like we were straight. Yeah, HR had existed and everything like that. There wasn't a lot of shadiness. You crazy. have no idea, Justin. Back then, no, it was crazy. I, you just guys told me stories. I yeah, remember. It's, it oh, was, bro, it, you you could when I first started, I you could it, you could make up your own price almost. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Like you could charge yeah. over this minimum. It was like buying a goddamn car. Yeah, it was crazy. I tried to start doing that when they gave us the master. Training 
trainer level thing. And then I would, I would keep raising my prices internally. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I got like four certs, you know, I charge this much and blah, blah, blah. And it worked every time. Yeah. And I wanted to keep pressing that and then they wouldn't let me do it. No. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was silly the way that, and the company every year. So I was there for almost 10 years. Every year I worked there, it was, there was a compensation change. So there was a comp plan change every single year. And every year, uh, anyone that's worked for a company, anytime a comp plan comes up, no matter what company you work for, it's never in the benefit of the employee. No, what they're doing is they're figuring out how they can pay people less. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and what they're going to say is they're trying to push different line items. But in reality, like everybody's making too much money here. Let's give less commission on this line item and give more on this one. So now the neat part about someone like me who was around as far back as when Sal was and then stuck it through all this was I was lucky um, and I got grandfathered in. So I watched a lot of people coming on, onboarding and getting these new compensation plans. And I was still making very good money for what I did. But I was watching all these people around me get kind of screwed. And believe it or not, uh, Justin uh, played a role in, in even part of my decision of leaving because, you know, he was someone that I really cared about as an employee for me. And I remember when it was kind of his time to be promoted and he should have been the next person that was in line to get this position. And I watched other people that were shit butts get promoted into that position before him. And it drove me crazy because he was the right person to get put. Bro, the A teams no longer exist there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They mean they, we had some heavy hitters. We had some champions in there. Oh yeah. And those clubs don't produce, I mean, half. Yeah, no, definitely. what 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 they did then. So I hung around and I probably hung around about three years longer than I actually should have. And, you know, I'm surprised. See, I didn't realize you were there that long. I was. And how long ago was it that you left? It was. Uh, well, now it's been a, quite a while. I mean, I'm 34. I'd left when I was 28 or nine. Wow, nine. you were there for a while. Yeah, because I, I couldn't. I ten, couldn't last that long. I was long coming day. up for the 10 year. One more year would have been my 10 year. So see, I could not last that long because I, I opened my my uh, my personal training studio at I was 22. So well, what I what I did. Um, I mean, and it was really. Uh, Trying to say, how do I say this without sounding like a cocky fuck here? Uh, I smashed everybody. It wasn't even close. Oh, that's yeah, that's better. I, it wasn't even. It Very was. <laughs> I mean, I could. I literally uh, showed up to work late. I left early. I took two, three hour lunch breaks. I'm just gonna keep it real, and I could still outperform any other any other guy in the area. Oh, because f- I left. By <laughs> I validated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, By by far, and um, you know, and, and I attribute that a lot to the the staff that I had built. But a lot of that became with came with my experience and knowing how to motivate and move people and build a team. And you know, I'd built a a, a really strong team, and nobody fucked with me. Upper management, the the I mean, there I have emails that I well, sent. they just never let you get to another level let's just say exactly and that's they wanted to keep you there as their their money making you know and so at one point i had to look at myself and i was approaching my 30s i was almost 30 and it was like okay i got 401k i got benefits i got my house i'm making six figures but i wanted more and it was like it was talk about a a hard decision because i mean that's decent money i had security but couldn't you also see the writing on the wall in terms of the the direction of the of the of the company and how the industry was changing oh i saw that four years before that but it hadn't mattered because i was in a almost in a protected position right they wouldn't touch me they wouldn't mess with me because but you weren't worried about like oh fuck this is gonna well i wasn't worried about the company like evolving or going away like i i knew that it was gonna they they created a big enough brand and name for themselves the worst thing that could happen is they go public and i just continue having assholes work above me which i had that i had already been I had learned, and this is also what matured me really fast, was I had learned how to manage my upper management um, at a very young age. Like, how do I talk to them to get what I wanted and 
So it was it was it was gonna be that way no matter what. So I, I you know I would just replace one poo butt for another that would come in and then try and tell me what to do and you know they think they would be telling me what to do but in reality I'd really be doing what I want to do and they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. So and and at the end of the day it always came down to numbers and revenue. You know if you were producing you were hitting numbers and I was always exceeding goal and I was always doing well. Um, so they, they had to, you know, as much as they probably, and that was, uh, th- this is part of where the name we love to hate Adam stemmed from. It stemmed from all the way back to 24 hour fitness days, because I used to say that my boss loved to hate me. It was a love hate relationship. I was his number one producer. I was responsible for probably 60, 70% of his paycheck, but at the same time too, I was his biggest fucking headache. See, when I left, I was part of the next generation training. I was supposed to become a district manager. When I left the VP, uh, the new, I had a new district manager at this point. They, him and the VP came in. For two, my I gave them two weeks notice. For every day for two weeks, they were in there trying to convince me to stay. We're going to promote you. You're going to do this. You're gonna, and I just, I just couldn't I call work it, for I someone call else. The captains of the carrot stringing. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, so the, much the carrot stringing. That that really is what led me to bail. I was just like, like Adam. Did mentioned, you, you left before Adam? Yeah, I left before Adam because. Um, well, and, and and two, like something happened where we were all just like fed up, and then we actually had a meeting at your house, I believe, yeah. and uh, and and we. As I was trainers, gonna do a mass walkout, like yeah. You. Some people, some people actually ended up opening their own gym from that, right? Yeah. And and a lot of other trainers uh, were just like, dude, this is bullshit. Like we're we're, we're fed up, but it, it was really for me. I just wanted to, I just wanted to to go to the next level, and I just wanted to have my own club, and you know um experience that and do all that and like it was it was too long like there was one club oh that's not gonna happen okay there's this club oh yeah but you know maybe next one we're actually gonna give it to this person and then oh yeah this but then you know i didn't see more sales on the weekend and you know all this shit and i'm just like you know what i am so efficient i'm so good at doing my own thing why don't i just do my own thing Mm. and then it just was like you know, it was hard because I I totally was stoked on the situation. It was really fun and easy. It was easy, dude. Like we like the work environment, everything was like like I was going to class or something, you know, and hang out with my buddies, and uh, still making money, which was cool. Um, but it was just like, you know, this is my career. It's not. I'm not like just some fucking. Uh, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a bartender. I'm not like doing this as like a side gig or something. How long were you there for? Um. How long was I there for? Maybe like three, four years? Yeah, three or four at yeah, least. Yeah, three or four years. Because I had Santa Teresa for three years, and then you were at with Hillsdale before that. So probably three solid, you, three left. You literally yeah. f- came to the clubs after I left. I think you came you, you, well, maybe you, like one or two people after. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely do. Because we worked with a lot of the same people. I mean, I had Larry when over at Hillsdale. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I, I knew where you were at. You were at Hillsdale, and then when when you left Hillsdale, and I went over to Hillsdale, you were at Santa Teresa Grand Opening right, Santa Teresa. Right, so, right. and you worked with a bunch of my buddies there. So, always always knew of each other and what was going on. Um, but I, I also, uh, like Justin was saying, it was it was a hard situation because I loved the gym. I loved I loved being there. It was fun. Yeah, it, it was, was funny. Fun. It well, was. It let's was, be honest. It, it it was school for us. We learned a lot of what we know now and mm-hmm. preach now. There. Oh, absolutely. I'll give it credit all day yeah. long. Well, yeah. I, that was the best school I ever went to. I, always, well, I was talking to somebody about, they're like, oh, I think I might go to school to learn how to better sell and be a better seller in sales. And I'm just like, why? Like, why don't you just go to, you know, a 24 or like a, a commercial type 
gym setting where that's where you learn yeah where you have to actually form you know a, a good rapport with people and be able to project yourself in, in a certain way and get better at that uh, just by practice mm -hmm. and, and also be surrounded by a bunch of killers who you watch on a daily basis you know perfect their you know exactly how they're delivering their message right when i say wolf of wall street uh i i mean it and i don't mean the extent with like you know drugs and hookers and all that crazy shit what i mean is when like Leonardo DiCaprio is giving those uh, meetings and motivating everybody and yelling into the mic and everybody's yeah. like, ah, that was our production it was like meeting. That for sure. That was our production meeting. I, you know, here I am, you know, my very first club. I'm 19 years old and then 20 in the big club. And I'd have my, all my staff show up, 50, 60 people. And I'd stand up on a table and I would just go and I would go off. And it was awesome. And people, we would leave there like we're going to go to war. Now I learned that from my mentors who had those similar who and I was very lucky and fortunate to work under people that were just champions and they are now today even though they don't work there anymore but they're still extremely successful um it was school man i tell you, it was the best way for me to enter this industry because learning from what i learned there i use every single day yeah to this well, day i looked i looked at uh, the whole process of leaving um and i and i've used this analogy before of um you know business and life and making money is, is kind of like a game of poker to me and, you know, I was in a position uh, when I was there with I had a good stack of chips. I was having fun playing cards, you know, making money, doing my thing like that. And I was in a point where, you know, I wanted more. But then I was like, God, if I want more, I'm going to have to risk a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, when you're young and you're first coming up and risk is not very high. You got bills. And yeah. You don't have a house. You don't have a house yet. On. You might not yeah. have a car yet. You might not be in a relationship or married yet. Like risking all you have is not a big deal because you don't really have very much. But at that point in my life, I, I had a lot. I had a lot going for me and I had a, a, a very good situation. And I remember thinking like, I'm about to shove all these chips in because I want more. I'm all in I'm, and I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, I left to go do something totally non-fitness related because of the opportunity. And that's what... Did you have that opportunity before you left? Did you know that's what you're leaving to do? Yes. Oh, wow. In fact, I did it. I started it. I was building it at the same time. So it See, I had no idea. I had nothing. I left the first time. I sat down with my buddy Don, who left, you know, that's the guy that one of my first mentors. We sat at his house and we're like, and we, we went, we opened up, uh, what was it, CBI? International Club Business International. Remember that magazine? Okay. It was like gym magazine or whatever. And we went in the back of it and we looked for gyms to buy. That's literally what I did the second day after. And we were mm. going to buy a Gold's. That was initially what I was going to do is I'd open a Gold's. But then we realized all the franchising and this and that. We're like, let's just open our own gym. And there was an ad for uh, a club down in Palm Desert. And it was a beautiful club, racquetball, swimming pool, rock climbing, huge you know, facility. And in it, it said that they were looking for a uh, for for managers to come in and turn the club around. So what we did is we called the guy and we convinced him to let us run the club for a month and prove to him that he would make more money selling us a piece of it than he would employing anybody. And we went over there and we destroyed it in a month and he let us buy into it and that's how that all started. But we had no idea what we were going to do. And then the second time I left, I thought I was going to open a GNC. I was like, I'm going to open up a GNC, a supplement store. And I looked into it. And at the time I was working at the bank, I was doing investments because that was kind of like, I'm going to do this and then look on the side and see what I can do for business. And I just happened to walk into a tanning salon. And in the back, there was a gym in the tanning salon. And the lady comes up to the front. And she's like, oh, you know, how can I help you? And I said, I looked at the gym in the back. I said, well, how much 
to work out here because it was right next door to the bank that I was working in. She goes, oh, I'm not looking to, to sell membership for She's like, actually, I'm looking for trainers who want to like use the space to train people. That's <laughs> literally that day I quit the bank and I rented that gym and I started my personal training. And that's how I started it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm, you want to talk about hip shooter. Like balls of st- <laughs> like I had no fucking idea and I, I just went. I can see that, yeah, yeah. I just went. Yeah. Just yeah. Know, knowing you better now, it's like you just you go. Dude. I love it. And I look back yeah. on it and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like the balls. Just fucking go. The balls that I did. Yeah, yeah. So perfect. So yeah, so there you go. If you're gonna start in the fitness industry and you're young, um, it might be a good idea to start in corporate fitness and just freaking learn and yeah. crush it there. Yeah. You gotta know what you're doing before you, you, you even think about independent training. I'll say what, this. What, what does irritate me and uh it's something that I've I put myself out there a lot to people as far as helping them, uh, you know, like give them past knowledge and okay, you're you're thinking about getting a, a certification and oh, I kind of want to be a trainer, I want to do what you do. That is great, but it takes a long time to understand not just how to implement a program, but to also sell yourself, get new business, you know, yada yada yada, all this kind of stuff, right? It's a lot from the beginning. Don't be arrogant and think that I got a certification. Now I'm going to be an independent trainer and just do my thing. Would you, would you guys agree that if you can't, if you're new, we all, I, you're going to say exactly what I was about oh, to okay. say. And we will all hundred percent agree on this is that if you can't go into a club like 24 hour fitness and you're not the number one or number two trainer, you got no business being an independent trainer. There you go. No. Yeah, if you can't succeed Don't in corporate fitness, you're not going to succeed on your own. It's Hell, way harder. Bad idea. Way harder. And you know, and I, that used to drive me nuts as somebody who managed trainers for so long. Is the trainers that would be like that sucked in there? Yeah, it would yeah. suck, and they would tell me, you know, Adam, this isn't working for me. I'm going to go do my own thing, and I'm like, cool, because you know what? You'll be flipping burgers in fucking six months because you, if you can't make it here, where we fucking hand you clients, yeah. and, then, and then we pay twenty million dollars a year for advertisement, you sure as shit ain't going to make it. Oh, on your I can own. tell you with full confidence right now, hundred percent confidence right now, the three of us could walk into any gym. And within a day, Slaughter probably probably it. have ten clients Slaughter within the one I'll day. I'll take all your yeah. clients. So easy, <laughs> yeah, compared to being private. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Matt underscore Peak Results. This is for you, Sal. Okay. You do get a question. Yeah. What do you Thanks, think about? Uh, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love this. <laughs> what do you think about vaping? Vaping. Uh, so I'm assuming he's talking about cannabis. Yeah, Vape me. Or is he talking about the the, the new me, trend of everybody doing friend. that? Well, That's okay. A good question. Here's what I think about vaping. If you're vaping flour, so if you're using a vape machine like a volcano, or you take the the bud or the flour, you put it in, and it just heats it up enough to boil off the the resin and the trichomes and the you know the active ingredients into a vapor and breathing that in. If you're doing that, that is far better than smoking because it eliminates anywhere between ninety to ninety nine percent of all the particulate matter. So when it comes to the dangers of marijuana in terms of dangers to your health, smoking marijuana, I'll tell you something. They've been trying for the longest time. And believe me, they would love to find this connection. But they cannot connect smoking marijuana to lung cancer. They just can't do it. And now to try to say it was like two packs of cigarettes was one joint or something like that. It's actually true because when you smoke, you do get a shit ton of carcinogens. You get a ton of carcinogens. You're you're breathing in all this particulate matter into your lungs. And so theoretically, yes, it should be very bad for you. However, what they're discovering now is that cannabinoids are very anti-cancer. They're so anti-cancer, in fact, that a new study was just a new uh, statement was just released by the 
National Cancer Institute, I think I don't remember. It's it's a, a government uh, uh, entity that shows that uh, the active ingredients in marijuana reduce things like bladder cancer and liver cancer by like 70%. So cannabinoids are so anti-cancer that when you smoke marijuana, you get the carcinogens, but the anti-cancer effects negate it, and so you end up... This is offset. You end up zero. Yeah. You end up net negative, net nothing, right? Now, if you vape, you eliminate those most of those carcinogens, and you get a benefit. Um, now, that being said, smoking marijuana might not give you cancer, according to studies, but it will increase your... Uh, risk of getting things like lung infections because the particulates do inflame the lung. So that kind of vaping, I think, is the best way to use cannabis aside from eating it. The vaping where you're vaping oils with sol- with solvents in them, I can't vouch for because I don't know how safe the solvents and stuff are that are in there that are aside it's from so the cannabinoids. Silly to me, right? It's so silly to me. <laughs> I just think it's you're a con- well. You're a connoisseur, though. Well, mm. yeah, I, I'm a connoisseur. You like the taste. You like a like a wine drinker. Like you savor. Well, and I like to smoke weed because uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to blow some well, flavored. No I don't want to blow some flavored oil around. Like that's to me. I think it's the funniest <laughs> trend I've seen ever, man. It's like. It, it, it's, it's like, like Mike's hard lemonade. Well, it's of, and no, no. Forget the scented stuff. Well, what about like a volcano? That's what I'm talking. No, no. I'm talking about the scented shit. Oh, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. That, that. That. I don't know if you guys walk around with your eyes open or yeah. not. But that's like the biggest <laughs> I mean, trend right now. Not is, really. Is uh, is <laughs> all squeaky. these all these kids and stuff like that, and 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 now grown ass adults that walk around with these little vape pens that are nothing but you know flavored tobacco or whatever like that that's in them, and yeah. they're blowing them around. It's just like. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's like the whole hookah thing. Like it, these people are all excited about hookah, like it just came out or something. That shit's been around forever. Like hookah, I think hookahs have been around longer than cigarettes. It's been around, <laughs> it, it has. It's yeah. been around forever, and it's making this huge comeback right now. And I don't know if it's just because the younger population can they can do it at a younger it just age. Just repackaged tobacco. Yeah, and and now it's these these vape pens, and it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna blow smoke in and out of my lungs, it's better give me high. That's all. I, you know, I'm not gonna waste my time with some flavored <laughs> shit that tastes like grape. Oh, this is so great. This is so cool, too. I look like I'm sucking on a big pen as I walk through the fucking store. Now, what about vape? What about cannabis vaping versus cannabis so smoke? I will I will occasionally do that because I know you're a big fan of it. When I'm with you, I absolutely vape. If you got it, it's on you and you do it. Um, I don't like the hassle. Uh, my girl rolls my joints for me, so I have my joints rolled and ready for me. So I, I, I don't have to go through the whole process of like packing this pen. And like you said, I am a connoisseur. So I really, uh, being somebody who, um, I don't think I've ever told this on, on the radio or not, but you know, I yeah, grew, yeah. I, I don't think you have. Yeah. I, uh, I grew marijuana too. So I'm, uh, at, at a connoisseur level and at a commercial level. So legally, legally, yes, we yeah. will say California is yeah. a state legal medical, medical marijuana state. I don't think we need to announce that, but oh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got puckered for a I second. I don't think I would be talking about it if it was <laughs> illegal, right? So I used to chop up crack. Yeah, right. I had this huge cocaine farm, too, that I used to know. I, so, I, you know. I, cocaine I, farm. Those yeah. workers will move fast. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. I, uh, I, learned, I, learned, uh, I learned how to grow, and I actually really enjoyed the whole process of um, learning how to grow marijuana because there's a lot of parallels with uh, the cannabis plant with the human body as far as the type of like your proteins, carbs, and fat is like your NPK for. So you got macronutrients for weed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I got I got really into balancing my macros out for my plants and then p- picking good genetics and strains and learning how it to. Sounds grow. like bodybuilding. It it can be and it's and it's uh 
And then I, you know, learning the taste and the different types and the, you know, percentage of indica versus sativa, the different hybrids and, and how they affect you physically and mentally. Yeah, that's true. So I got into all that stuff. And so I really appreciate uh, the taste of it. I'm not a huge, like, I, even though I talk openly on this radio station, like I'm not this big stoner. I don't smoke weed during the day. I haven't smoked weed at all today. Um, it's, it's not something, <laughs> all right. it's not something that, uh, I'm like this huge advocate of it. It's just something that I'm real and honest about. No, use it at night today. and it helps yeah, you sleep. I don't, I'm not somebody who comes home and has a beer at night. I'm not somebody who comes home and pours a glass of wine at night. I'm somebody who takes two or three hits off the joint that's rolled for me and then I go to bed, mm-hmm. you know, and relax or watch well, some TV. The taste from smoke is different than the taste from vape, but each plant will have a distinct taste, oh, like yeah. a distinct flavor. And the effects can be very different. Now, when I first started using cannabis, uh, and I've told my story why I use it, you know, why I use it for, you know, uh, gut issues. But the first glaucoma. time, yeah, for my glaucoma, the first time uh, I started using it, I couldn't really tell the difference from one strain to the next because I couldn't pick up on the nuances. Oh wow! Um, and uh, but then as you start to use different strains and try to, then you can start to feel a difference. Especially when you go, when, especially when someone introduces you to two extremes and they're it's truly somebody who is like the farmer who knows because that's the other thing in the in the marijuana cannabis and yeah some medical. are the hybrids and well and a lot of a lot of farmers bullshit because they know that things are worth more and so they, they they'll just pick a trendy name just so they can sell it for more money so what do you think that's about what, like this whole new wax you know like trend that's going on and all this i've, I've heard about stories dabs? yeah i've heard stories about how it's like it's so much it's so packed like they've they've been able to pack so much more uh, THC or whatever all it, all, into it so like you get this ridiculous yeah all it is is it's just concentrated super concentrated it's the resin all yeah. packed together and then you heat an element up something up like if you have a bong there's something it's called the nail it's this metal right. thing you heat it up with a blowtorch drop this wax on there so it incinerates instantly zombie. and you breathe in one hit is equal to like five or you know six hits on a on a on a, uh, a well, joint which is just, it's excessive. It's way excessive. If, yeah. you, if you want to be scientific about it, first of all, this is, we started this in the Bay Area. We started this before anybody, anybody in here or anybody that's listening to this radio station fucking ever heard. Like, the, my buddies were the ones, we started this shit way, way back when. And the way you, what you're doing is you're pulling uh, all the, the, the crystals that you see on yeah. there. And you're doing it by using like a butane, something that's going to, it's basically going to freeze it off of that. And you shoot it through a tube and then it drips through. And if you were to take like a percentage of uh, the strength of, of marijuana, so a strength of a, a marijuana strain, uh, typically for a really strong strain, it's going to be 20, so, like somewhere between 15 and 21% is now there's, yes, there are some that have 24, 25%. It's rare, but, but you're talking about average on average, yeah. a really strong of medical marijuana yeah, of medical yeah. marijuana is going to be between 15 and 21% THC levels. Um, when you blow it through that, all you're basically doing is you're concentrating it. So you're concentrating in it, which creates this waxy. Yeah, it's like 70%, liquid. right? Yeah, we've some of our stuff's been tested as high as ninety six. So you're talking about pure, pure, and you know, I I never do. I never mess with that because there's no. I'm the guy who I just told you that I take two hits off a joint. There's no reason for me to even touch that because no, I I I tried it. It puts me on a different. I tried it once and it just I just don't like it. I don't like the super paranoid, weird. Hearing noises, you know, I don't like that shit. Yeah, it's you know? to me, and I and I know that uh, for the medical reasons and everything like that, you know, there's some people that have extreme chronic pain, and so they want super high doses right, of they things like be that. Out. They want to be completely comatose and everything like that. Um, 
I don't. I have the pain and aches that I deal with my body. They're they're nagging. They're not you know. It's not chronic pain where I can't get up or I can't do anything for the day. It's you know my low back is bothering me. My knees are achy or like that. And two or three joints for me that settles that down. It relaxes me. Or it's my mind does, doesn't stop and I can't sleep at night. So it helps settle that down. So. For me, it doesn't take this crazy dosage to do that. I will say this, though. There are some strains that'll just make your mind race. And, and it can be a good thing. Like uh, there was a strain, Jack Herrera, that I used. And that's how I, that's one of the, that, I was on Jack Herrera when I came up with all the concepts for maps, when I came up with a lot of the theories for maps. Yeah. Um, and then there's that one, uh, what's that one? Diesel. Yeah. Sour diesel. That's the one that, you know, can't shut up. And well, and like you, I, I became very, when I got into the cannabis club, I knew nothing about it. And I've shared my story of how I got very intrigued with uh, fitness when I first opened the first fitness book of serving. I actually got the same way with with cannabis. And I was not interested in it whatsoever. In fact, I was super anti it at first until I actually started to read. And when I started to read up on it and started to read these non-biased studies instead of reading, because it's hard to find that stuff. Well, you can't be flooded with the opposite. Right. The only studies that are funded by the government are ones that are looking for bad effects. They don't fund anything that are looking for good effects. Yes. So it's disproportionate when you look at studies. You know? So it is. It's very hard to find the good ones. And then when you start finding that out, and then I learned about it, then I learned about growing and all these things and all the positive things that come from from marijuana, I became very fascinated with it. Very, very fascinated with it. And I kind of geeked out on it. I mean, and uh, took a lot of pride in being somebody who could actually produce something that was organically grown and grown at a very high level and tasted phenomenal and was very effective from a, a medicinal point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very, very fascinated w- with the whole thing. And Mark my words, if once it gets legalized, I guarantee you we'll come out with some kind of cannabis supplement. Oh, I I've, I would love to do that. I would yeah. love to, you know, uh, if we didn't have enough on our plate already, I most certainly would have a little operation that we grew. I, I just like doing that. I thought mm-hmm. I had a good time mm-hmm. in the, in the future. Yep. It's something that would be part of for sure. Yeah. Mind pump strain. Free <laughs> <laughs> workout strain. Yeah. Justin can't wait for that. <laughs> our next question is from Alessandro Thierry. Do you need to be sore after a workout to know that you're getting results? No. <laughs> nope. No, sore is technically a sign mm-hmm. of overtraining. Yeah, no, uh, it's a very, very poor indicator of exercise performance. In fact, I rarely ever really get sore after my workouts anymore. Right. Well, here's here's unless what, you're switching it up pretty dramatically. Yeah, right? and, and, right? It, and then it, that that happens. And it's okay to get sore. And yeah. most certainly, I get sore a lot. Where where I get mad at myself because it was too far is if I know it's like it debilitatingly sore. If it hinders yeah. my next workout. Yeah. If let's say for example I did you know chest and I did chest so hard my chest is sore and even my shoulders and triceps are a little sore. I mean I'm just like and then I was going to go do some shoulders and triceps yeah. the next day and they're just gassed you know and sore from my chest workout. I mean that to me is like a I hit myself in the head like that yeah. was overdoing. There's no need for me to to put the body through that. Yeah, if you can't duplicate like the same workout, you know, in a day or two, like yeah, you're doing too hard. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, what's next? Ferris Al no, Al Wahidi weighted dips versus close grip bench press for tricep development. Mm. This is a little personal preference here. Yeah, mm. personal preference. I'd say if you like dips, if personally. you're, I'd oh, say, really? okay. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say if you're trying to get your bench press to go up more, as well as build your triceps, then I'd go close grip bench. 
Um, but if you're trying to just work your triceps and want to try something different, then I would I would go yeah. for dips. I don't know. I would say too that you know weighted dips would promote a better lockout for your bench press sure. anyway. Sure. So that's a kind of a toss. Wow. Well, see, I, and I like I actually like close grip bench better. Yeah. See, I don't, yeah. I don't really like close grip bench though. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're so different. Yeah. And, well, and and I think for for me, I feel like I can I can load quite a bit of weight for a close grip bench. Um, it's easier for me to control and keep my form. I feel like when I do my dips, uh, I feel a lot in my shoulders and my chest, and I'm always constantly trying to tilt my body I back. I think that's and, probably because you're so wide. Mm, you think you know, I think because you're so wide, you're probably getting so much more chest. Yeah. Yeah, like I get a lot of triceps when I do yeah. dips. Yeah. A lot. I mean, me too. And, and it's and it's not that I don't at all. It's just that that's why I prefer it more than the other. I still th- incorporate dips. And I guess that should be your your best answer, too, because I think we all would agree on this because we probably both do both. Uh, if you've been doing a lot of weighted dips and you haven't done close grip bench press in a while, that's probably the best thing you could do yeah. and vice versa. Flip it. If right. you've been doing a lot of close grip bench press and you don't ever you really do it. You can flip it. You must dips, flip it. Probably do it. Flip it. If you don't even know, you must flip it. <laughs> flip it good. Okay, our final question today is Secret Agent Bob 2000. He's Secret asking about uh, it's a great name. having yeah, rough awesome. ha- rough hands from lifting and what to do because it can be a little bit rough on your lady. Yeah, when you're touching your lady. Mm. Rough hands. I'll tell you, I'll tell you firsthand that uh, yeah. my wife does not like my rough hands. Really? I have to I have to work this out. I need help from the wizard just like my good friend here. Uh, because it's like it's it's one of those things, right? You're trying to sit. Why don't the stage, you just wear gloves you when you work mood. out then? <laughs> right exactly. yeah perfect that would be actually you know that would make sense uh however i still have balls <laughs> yeah, i do they're intact are you a lotion guy at all or no you <laughs> see this is where again i have balls uh, okay. um but yeah no use lotion I, no where? nowhere no why would i use lotion I'm a dude well, <laughs> i use lotion. Get a moisturizer i use lotion every single I mean, day unless every, i'm doing every the- time i shower <laughs> <laughs> that's about the only time I use lotion. Then my hands are feeling great. So don't you ever don't you ever wonder why Maybe your dick is so soft, but the rest of your body's all chapped like a motherfucker? No, his, well, his, he's got my, he's my got callus. Is always glistening. <laughs> he's got callus dick. Well, okay. So this is kind of this is kind of a tough one because uh, I believe we all have calloused hands because we all do work out like men without, especially gloves. when you use chalk. Yeah, right. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. and we do all do heavy compound movements, which definitely tear the hands up pretty well. So. I do kind of have uh I have I have rough hands to a point I guess. I don't think my fingertips are very rough. Um I do try and take care of my we're hands. All looking at them right now. Yeah, I know we all we're <laughs> I all see look- calluses open your hand. Oh yeah, no, I definitely have yeah. calluses yeah, yeah. there. But I don't I mean, do you touch your girl like this? Mm. Huh? Do you With touch the big girl? palm part? Yeah, do you palm? You no, palm no, no, your girl? but like even the tips of my fingers are yeah, like really see, dry and cracked and, and, and that's and that's from that. lotion, bro. You need a lotion. Dude, up. lotion your lotion. hands up. So I mean, so I just don't like. We're, I'm not gonna letting go, you. I'm gonna, like gonna go buy that. Or, like, where they I'm make not, man lotion too, bro? Really? I, I do. I have. Yeah. I have man. Just like you see the man wipes over there. There's yeah. man lotion, so you can do yeah. some man. You're not giving me a prostate check with those hey, fingers. Bro. Yeah, and then the thank, other. Thank God. The other thing is, uh, you know, I. I don't use my hands very much with my girl. I use mostly my mouth for most uh, most of the work I'm doing. She, she doesn't like it. It's too yeah. sloppy and you know drooly. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Lo- lotion, bro. Lotion. Do, yeah, I mean, all right. Lotion. Lo- lotion it up. Uh, don't wear gloves, though. Uh, it's better. It's better that uh, your girl it, it leave you than you wear gloves. Yeah. If you had to pick between <laughs> wearing gloves and your girl Thank leaving you. you, she needs to go. Yeah, but lotion is totally okay. Keep your balls. Yeah. Lotion, lotion is totally masculine. Totally okay. Well, here's the thing uh, too. In what situation? Yeah. <laughs> what would you mean? Well, okay. Let me. If you carry, when are you applying it, your okay, lotion after a shower? Yes, after right after you get out of the uh, shower. Locks in the moisture. That's the first thing you, you do. Is you, I missed all this you, memo. You so apply I'm, I'm as learning. soon as you walk out of the shower. That's what you do. Is you lotion up after uh, you dry off. Okay. You do not carry it around in your purse. If you carry it on your purse, that's a problem. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so do no. you lotion everything, like your stomach, your back, your shoulders, right. or do you just lotion? Like, like I'll show, like I lotion my arms and my legs from like the top of my knees down to my ankles, just the parts where I feel like they need the lotion. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Oh, okay. So you don't bathe in it. Yeah, I definitely don't take the time like most girls do where they like, yeah. you know, lotion everything all up. I, you know, I have, I've got ashy elbows, I've got dry hands and I have, you know, my, my dry ass fucking calves. So yeah, I definitely... <laughs> You know, my and, skin is a desert, and the the light the light seems to hit them better when they're lotioned up, and that makes them look a little bit bigger. So I make sure they're lotioned do, up. The do most. you use face cream? I do. You use face cream too? I do. Well, I have a lotion that's for my face. <laughs> I can't I a, touch my Justin, face. Dude. Justin's so disgusted no, 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 no. with us right it's now. Like, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> um, every time, well, what, dude? Every time I wash my face like too much, like I get like pimples. So you don't wash your face either. So I wash my face, <laughs> but not like scrub it. You know what I mean? Do you use soap? Yeah. You wash your face with bar soap? No. Liquid soap? Yeah. Wow, that's not good for your face. Well, right? No, they know. make they make they make soap just for your face. I use I use this tea tree oil know. one, and uh, I wash my face. I'm actually I, I, I'm sure everything gives you cancer anyway. I bet you I bet you I'm more girly than you are, Adam. On this, I I bet you are because usually I'm not. Usually <laughs> I bet you're you are girlier. more girly. I mean, you yeah. you win. herbal essence. <laughs> you win because I have my own soap. Yeah. That I use because it's like it's 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 or it doesn't it's no chemicals it's like perfect it's got olive you oil got in a it. little stone thing that you actually what you should do even if you don't even if your girl doesn't care about your rough hands is you definitely should get a pumice stone if you get really bad calluses See, and it. file them down because I've torn calluses off and that shit sucks. I don't know if you guys have ever torn a yeah, callus. Yeah, it yes. hurts. It hurts like a motherfucker. You yeah. know, the other thing too is I don't that, know if you guys lift heavy ooh, enough to that's do that. in there. there. <laughs> is that a jab? Because it's blocked. <laughs> if uh, if if my if my girl was giving me a hard time about my hands, uh, I would probably handle them the same way I handle my feet. Like my feet look spectacular because I get them done. I go somewhere, so I'd probably have them do my hands too. If they because they all do that, they'll scrub the pumice stone for you and work on all your calluses oh, and, yeah? and yeah, your fingernails and all your hanging nails and all that shit. And you'd have, uh, but I have you know I have pretty nice hands already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How do you guys look? Look at your fingernails I came right now. From the macho camp. Look at you. Hey, just trying to learn all. Look this at your stuff. fingernails right now. Look! Look oh, at this you shit. You did. You did. Hey, look at look at. Okay. <laughs> look, not show them to me. Look at them at yourself. Look at your fingernails. Okay. Just, I know what you're trying to do. Yes, you. You always want to make sure you do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. do that. What? <laughs> this, no. This. So I'm doing it's it to you it's because you, this is what you're used to. Right? Yeah. And this to me because I'm like. So Rrr. so Adam's basically trying to see if you look. I'm at making your fingers a claw by yeah. pushing your palm out no. and looking at your fingers, or by curling the fingers in. Yeah. Apparently, one is inappropriate, and the other one's massive. One is you know very, very revealing. One the is like one it's is like you're like, telling oh, okay. someone to stop. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. One of them's like what a chick would do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the chick was looking at her nails. That's what yes. We're saying. Look at my nails. Well, there's all these little yeah, yeah. nuanced things. You know, that's know. why, yeah, guys know. Magic hands. That's why I don't know anything about lotion. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. 
For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.